0: even in the teams in the, in the military, you want to be, you want to win at anything that you can win at. And so when it came to ruck runs, you know, a lot of guys like myself, I wanted to win it. I would I didn't want, I, it wasn't a, it really wasn't a race, but it was, you know, so it's, uh, you know, you, you went out and you, you just, you always felt like you had something to prove. And I feel like that's how CrossFit is typically in in a competitive, anything in competitive, right. You all, you're always trying to prove yourself no matter what, what phase of, your career that you're in and and the military is no different right you're always trying to prove yourself and so when it came to those i just i always wanted to be at the front i loved the any any sort of physical challenge i always thought was a great challenge and so um i would just put in the mindset like i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna give this everything i got until until my legs fall off
1: welcome to the barbend podcast where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tau, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to multi-time CrossFit Games athlete, Josh Bridges. As many folks know, Josh isn't just an athlete. He's a Navy SEAL and entrepreneur who actually trained for the CrossFit Games while on active duty. And Josh's relationship with CrossFit goes way back. He's been doing CrossFit workouts since 2005, and Dave Castro was actually one of his instructors in the military long before Josh's CrossFit Games career took off. Josh joins us to talk about his history with the Games, mental toughness, and comparing grueling military training to CrossFit workouts. We also discussed his comeback from a few recent injuries and his competition plans over the next few years. Also, I just want to say, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Every month, we give away a box full of Barbend swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. Josh Bridges, thanks so much for joining us today. One thing I want to ask you when we kick off here, we released on the Barband YouTube channel a few weeks ago, a video that Kill Cliff did about you and a little bit of your, your, your background and, and really your life. What did you think about that? The first time you saw the final cut of that video,
0: man, I was really, really happy with how it turned out. I thought they did an awesome job and I hadn't, I hadn't seen any of the footage from, uh, Castro or Rich talking. And so it was really cool. It's just like, you know, to like hear those guys have such kind words and things to say, you know, and you know, how they put so many things and it was just it was really cool. It was it was really humbling and just I was uh really happy with how it turned out.
1: Were you worried they were gonna have not nice things to say about you? That's the real question. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, I don't know, you never know, right? You don't know how like sometimes people's perspectives of things of you or whatever can be completely different than what you think. And so, you know, you just never know, but it was, it was awesome to hear. And I was just, uh, really thankful. And I was actually, yeah, thankful that those guys took the time out to actually even do it, you know, cause they didn't have to do that.
1: One thing that I was sort of aware of, but I think a lot of people might not have been aware of, and this is a big point of feedback we got on the video was your background with Dave and how long you'd known each other and the relationship and working relationship you had, even before the CrossFit Games days. So for those right. who might not know, give us a little background as to your relationship with Dave Castro <clears throat> when you first met him, because I think a lot of people don't know that story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I met Dave when I was, uh, he was an SQT instructor, which SQT is the second phase of our, of your training to become a SEAL. Um, so it's called, uh, SQ So you start with BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEAL training for six months, and then you go into SQT, which is SEAL qualification training. And so you have different structures of different phases of your training. And so Dave was part of the SQT uh, in cadre and he, uh, yeah. So I met him in 2007 is when I met Dave and uh, it was after, you know, like I'd been doing CrossFit since 05. So I knew of Dave just from the videos and stuff like that, that I watched on the .com stuff. Uh, so uh, actually getting to meet him at person, you know, it was a little, at first I was like, Oh, I know this, I, you know, I've seen this guy before and, I didn't know him obviously at all but um you know had been doing crossfit already for two years and uh whatever so it was it was really cool and then you know but he was dave led us through some of the nastiest like ruck runs in sqt it was out in the mountains and oh man like those days were just brutal brutal and um uh, but he was a great instructor he, but he 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 was definitely on the side where
1: <laughs> you know he wasn't the nice instructor. <laughs> I guess I'll just put it that way. <laughs> so, and, that, yeah. and that's saying something because I think going into that sort of training, no one's expecting to have like the anyone be warm and fuzzy. You know what I mean? Right. And to say he was like on the bottom rung of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. You know, it just like it, it, it is what it is, and it ends, and they have to they have to have that role. Like there's certain instructors that play that. They, you know, you have. Your nice instructors who aren't always nice, but they're, they're nicer. And then you have, you know, your middle of the road guys that just don't really say a lot. And then you have your guys who are, you know, just brutal. And the, the guys that are brutal are the guys that you remember the most and you guys that appreciate the most because they made you earn it, right? And for a lot of guys, you know, it makes you feel more accomplished when you earn something instead of just like, you know, oh, this guy, he, he took it easy on us. I, I don't want anybody to take it easy on us. So I, I, I appreciate it, Dave.
1: So how does Dave Castro, I won't make this whole podcast about Dave Castro. I promise you that, (laughs) but I got to ask, how does Dave Castro, the seal instructor compared to Dave Castro, the games director as far as, and especially when it comes to programming workouts. Yeah.
0: He's a He's Dave Castro is a really nice guy in in the CrossFit. That's, that's how I look (laughs) at it. Like he's a nice guy. I like, I like Dave. Dave's a good dude. Uh, but he's very different as a seal instructor you know he's, he's and both things he's very methodical in every like what he does and so he's very intelligent he doesn't do anything just maliciously I think he that he has intention with everything that he does and so it's really you know he's just a it's a the way a lot of seals I feel are that they they're very into certain things and when it comes to those they love it and they have their passion for it and they do it like with all of their heart. And I feel like Dave has done that with the CrossFit community. Um, and so he takes a lot of heat, but he, you know, like he does a really great job because if you've ever tried to program for anything other than just yourself, it is not an easy thing to do. And so, you know, what Dave's put into CrossFit and what he's created is really impressive. And um, Dave is a, as a SEAL instructor, as an SBT instructor it was the same way. Like he ran us through some of the Really great. He 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 really helped out when it came to shooting. He was a shooting instructor and uh, and CQC tactics. And so it was you know he had passion there too, and you could see it in all the drills that we did. He he really passed on the knowledge that he had, which was great.
1: How does your mentality? No worries. How does how does your mentality when you're heading into maybe a, a tough CrossFit workout or heading into the competition floor for a tough workout at the games level. How does that mentality compare to the mentality you had to have going into some of these brutal? it Sounds like just disgusting rucks that Dave put you through during training back in two thousand seven, two
0: thousand eight. Yeah, it was pretty similar. You know, like even in the team, even in the teams in the in the military, you want to be, you want to win at anything that you can win at. And so, when it came to ruck runs, you know, a lot of guys like myself, I wanted to win it. I would, I didn't want, I, it wasn't a, it really wasn't a race, but it was, you know, so it's, uh, you know, you, you went out and you, you just, you always felt like you had something to prove. And I feel like that's how CrossFit is typically in in a competitive, anything in competitive, right. You all, you're always trying to prove yourself no matter what, what phase of your career that you're in. And, and the military is no different, right. You're always trying to prove yourself. And so when it came to those, I just, I always wanted to be at the front. I love the, any, any sort of physical challenge I always thought was a great challenge. And so, um, I would just put in the mindset, like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give this everything I got until I, until my legs fall off kind of thing.
1: We've seen this, a lot of carryover. And I think you're a big part of this. I think Dave is probably a big part of this between the CrossFit world and the military world. There are a lot of kind of companies that coexist, a lot of veteran founded companies in the CrossFit space. A lot of veterans, competing in CrossFit and doing CrossFit. And obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with people like you, people like Dave. But if you didn't exist, if Dave didn't exist, if the CrossFit Games director were not, didn't have this close military tie, do you think there would still be that relationship or that popularity of CrossFit methodology among service members?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, it, I think that – I don't think people create the um, – you know, obviously, I think Dave and I, you know, Dave, obviously having the most part, me just being an athlete, whatever, uh, bringing that community and bringing it like Dave, bringing it to the SEAL community, like showing those guys what, what it, how much it helps. I think that it might not be as popular, but I think it would still be popular, right? Because once you find something like that, you realize how much the tr- it transitions over into your job, like military, law enforcement any firefighter anything where you're having to be physical like you have a physical demand for your profession like crossfit is the standard right like if you show me a methodology that's better it's going to put you in better shape for functional fitness like I-, I can't wait to see it and i will definitely gladly give it a shot but i don't think it's going to happen for a long time if it ever happens so um yeah i, I think that at some point the community would still have found crossfit I just don't know if it would be as popular, due to the fact that there is some big military people involved in the uh, you know the management side of CrossFit.
1: When it comes to mentality, because this is, this is something I've heard you talk about a lot in in videos and in interviews, your mentality as far as approaching workouts and approaching the work and putting in the work, paying the man is something that is very mm-hmm. closely associated with your name. Who else in the CrossFit space? do you look to as a good example of someone who's got that strong mental game in both training and competition?
0: Uh, You know, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to say, obviously, Rich Froning, Matt Frazier, those guys are freaks. Uh, You know, all the guys at the top, super, you know, easy to say. Um, I mean, you just look at a guy like Jason Kalipa, too, another one. Like, he's so big. And, like, that guy was, like, I mean, Rich I think Rich is obviously the greatest crossfitter of all time. I think Matt Frazier is right there at his heels. But what Rich has done with the team coming after the CrossFit, you know, it's really hard to say anybody other than Rich is the best. Matt Frazier by no means is a uh, is not right there number two. You know, the Rich-Matt debate is great. But um, then you got, you know, like the women's side, Tia. I mean, I've worked out with her like from 2017, I think is when she she started coming down to San Diego before the games. Yeah, I think it was 2016 and 2017. But man, like when she came into the room, I was just like, she came over to my house and we're just like in the garage working out and this girl just like wouldn't stop and like always pushing and pushing the weight. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be the one out here pushing. And she's like, no, let's do the 200 pound bag and sandbag instead of the 250. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Take it easy. So there's a lot of, um, really hardworking athletes out there. I think all of them are, you know? And so, uh, but Rich, Matt, Tia, those names always come to mind when I like Tia. And that's just my experience, right? Like the people that I've trained with, that's all I really know. Like the people that I don't, that I have never trained with, I can't really tell you. Cause I'm sure there's hundreds more that are just, that work just as hard.
1: Well, that, that's that's for all the athletes out there. You just got to train with Josh Bridges to make to make this list. You got you got to you got to you got to right. come to him. You got to go to San Diego to make this list.
0: Exactly. I'm like a hermit. I don't leave the house very
1: often. You're like you're like Yoda. You're becoming Yoda. You train yeah. you train Jedi's, right? That's what you do. Right. Well, right. Hey. That's what it takes. I'll do it. It's not, it wouldn't be bad to be the Yoda, the Yoda of functional fitness. That'd be, that'd be fun. All right. Who, yeah. who surprised you the most, as far as people you have trained with, who surprised you the most? It could be for, for good or bad. Ooh, good question.
0: Surprise in what way? Like, um, just, uh, ah, I don't know. That's a tough, that's a, that's a tough question. Pur- purposely. I mean, so It's
1: purposely tough.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, trying to think over the years and so many people you know training up and cook go going out to rich's barn and stuff and i, I mean it, like the number of people coming through that cookville tennessee is insane and it's really hard to be like yeah that was uh, you know it's like you're just like I get you get to work out with everyone so um yeah i think watching watching tia train like coming from like in 15 and 2015, which I wasn't at the games that year, but you know, like seeing Tia take, I remember like looking and being like, who is Tia to me? What? And she's taking second place. Right. Like, no, like they, the commentators weren't even talking about her. You're like This girl's in second place. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like second place in 16, barely lo- losing to Katrin. Um, and uh, it was just, uh, you know, she was really, uh, like i was like shocked to see how hard she how hard she went and how hard another thing that actually i was shocked at, i remember doing the um the row or the the team series when there was still a team series and uh katrin was on our team and this was when katrin was after she'd won the second time so who was who was uh, on so, who was
1: on your team just to paint the picture there
0: so it was say so 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 yeah, sorry so it's me rich annie thor's daughter and katrin Pre- right? pretty so, good team pretty good team solid solid team right uh everyone had won the games except for me on the team. So I was like, "Oh, all right, this, this is cool. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll just be the, I'll be the water boy, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, but it was just like, it was, it was crazy to see how hard like Katrin went. Cause I'd never trained with her before. And like, man, like she went hard and I was just like impressed. And she was like super humble and like asking questions. And I'm like, you're a two times game champ. What are you asking me any questions about anything for, you know? But, um, like, that was, that was really impressive to
1: see. How do those teams form? I mean, I know that the team series is no longer a thing, but now super teams are allowed in the games. You don't have to, like, live and train together, you know, and log right. your location every single day of the year like it used to be uh, and, like, yeah. move your family to go be on a team necessarily. How do these teams come to, like, how do they come together? I think everyone's always wondering, who's the mastermind forming these teams and, like, and like the you know, orchestrating everything. Is it just like a text thread with your friends and you're like, yeah. should we do this? Like
0: <laughs> pretty, I think pretty much. I think, yeah, because like at the games, you know, all the athletes start to become friends. You start to, you, you know, you're back there for a week at a time, basically hanging out with these people and you become friends. And so, um, for those rogue teams though, like basically Katie would kind of help form them. This, like, is, Ca- this is Katie, this is Katie,
1: Katie Henniger. Uh, from Katie, the, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. Katie Henniger. Yeah. yeah. So Katie Henniger would help form those. It would be like, I would text Rich. I, I was on a team with Dan the first year. It was like me, Dan, Camille, and Lauren Fisher. And it was basically like me and Dan were like, Hey, you want to be on the team? And he's like, yeah. And then, um, Katie put the girls together with us. And so they were kind of like, well, you want to be on the team with Lauren and Camille? And we're like, yeah, sure. And then, the next year I was like me and rich were the two guys. And then Katie's like, well, do you want to be with these two people? And I think it was, I think the second year it was me, rich, Sam Briggs and Margot Alvarez. And then the third year was uh, me, rich, Annie and Katrin. So yeah, it was like, like, the, like they, I'm sure Katie would find the two girls and then the two guys, and we would just come together. So it was, it was a fun, it was, those were fun times. I really missed the, that, that, um, whatever you want to call it. That, uh, that era, event.
1: that era of event. team competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: I mean, we've seen a lot of, we've seen CrossFit competition evolve. I mean, regionals are a thing of the past now. Now you have like sanctionals, the open's still around, but like, it seems a little, it just feels a little different than it used to. Is there anything else that you miss about that era of CrossFit competition? Call it like 2013 to 2017. Anything else you miss?
0: Yeah, you know, the re- I like the same, you know, to be honest, uh, I was really shocked at how well I like the sanctional now, like looking at the season and how much more it has an advantage to the athlete. I uh, do the fact that you don't have to be healthy on your weekend, right? You don't have to have it just lined up just perfectly. You can pick and choose where you want to go. Um, and it's, it's really great for the athlete. Uh, I, but I do miss the regional, right? I do miss the, that, that structure of the open, the regional, the games and knowing like who your competition is really right. Like you have, there was typically, I mean, towards the end, gosh, it was, it got, the competition was getting insane where I want to say at the 18 regional in California, or, or it was the West, I think it was called the West. I think there were 17 game previous individual game athletes on the men's side where you're like, there's only five spots and 17, there are 17 prior games athletes here. Right. So it's like 12 people who went to the games before are not going to go this year. Um, so that, it, that was really cool. I, th- I just liked that aspect where it was like, okay, you know, you're part of the country. You're going to compete against these, these people, and it is what it is. And so, I mean, I understand the sanctional and like why it went to it, but uh, I do miss that. I thought that was really cool.
1: This is something that we had a few people ask after we posted that video. So I'm going to ask you now, what are your goals – for crossfit competition moving forward and what are your plans for you know the next call it next three years as far as competing
0: you know i'm, gonna, I'm i i can not give you a three-year plan because i don't have one <laughs> so
1: <laughs> i'll take i'll take um, a, i'll take like an 18 month plan I'll yeah bet.
0: right uh right like right now you know uh, it's just get my body healthy and i mean i had i had two surgeries this year so i had a knee surgery and an elbow surgery and so i you know my plan is still to compete um, I'm not retired by any means, uh, how I compete. We'll see. I, I, I have, I'm going to do the rogue legends this year. I know that for sure. Uh, i I'm going to possibly do the West coast classic, which is in late March, I believe, which is, but it's here in Del Mar. And so I was like, I, uh, I got an invite to that and I was like, yeah, I'll accept it. But I, you know, I can't tell you if I'm going to be ready for it or not. So, because um, I'm only six weeks out of an elbow surgery. Uh, I'm feeling really good, but I'm just, you know, like I'm not, I don't want to go out there and, and look stupid. You know, like if I feel ready and I feel capable, like I can go out, come out here and compete. I'll do it. Um, so that's, that's my uh, six month plan, I guess, right now uh, are those two events. And then after that, we'll see. Um, obviously that probably leads me if I can meet, if maybe June, July, I can get a sanctional in, possibly I'll do it. Uh, if I haven't qualified yet, if I had, if I, <clears throat> if for some, you know, I, I qualify out of the West Coast Classic then you know, that'll, that'll be it until the games, obviously <laughs> for me, <laughs> I'm not one of these young guys that's going to do 10 or five or 10 sanctional events. There's no way I body just couldn't handle it. Yeah. They're, t- they're so, like uh, twenty, twenty-one
1: 21 or 22 sanctional events. You got to do, you got to do them all, Josh.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. That's crazy. I, I mean, I'm like looking at some of these guys and I'm like, what? That's insane, but good for them. You know, like, Hey, I miss it. If I was, if, if, if I was 24 right now, I would probably do the same thing. So I get it. Um, uh, but yeah, so right now, you know, that's it. Um, I don't really see, I'm not really looking too much far past this year. Uh, and then, We'll see how it plays out and I'll have to adjust and come off, like, you know, make decisions for next year after that.
1: What's training been like for you after these surgeries? You had the knee surgery and the elbow surgery was more recent, right?
0: Yeah. The elbow surgery was six weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, knee surgery was really, it was a pretty dramatic surgery. It's called the high tibia osteotomy. It's where they literally break your leg and realign your knee joint because my knee joint wasn't aligned and they put like nine screws in it. And so I was like literally non-weight bearing for six weeks. I was on crutches for six weeks. It was awful. Um, and slowly, you know, once that, once that started to, to come around, it was like, okay, now I can do my elbow because it was like, I can't do these surgeries at the same time or I'm literally going to turn into a, a fat turd. Yeah. You <laughs> so can, yeah wanna... If you can't put weight on
1: your leg and you can't crutch <laughs> around, you're just like, right. I'm like, okay, I can't
0: do this. So I was like, all right. So I have, so I basically had to wait until I started feeling really good with my knee and then I did my elbow surgery. So it's been a little bit of a frustrating year, but I've also, I also knew it was coming. And so I was prepared mentally for it. But um, yeah, like my leg, my knee is feeling amazing. Like I'm running, I'm squatting, really like really feeling no pain, uh, starting to work back up in weight, um, getting it strong again. And then the elbow is kind of lingering. It's It wasn't a, like a, a super invasive surgery. It was just a scope where they cleaned out uh, bone spurs and loose fragments in my elbow. But I I had like the last two years I've had some like super limited range of motion, uh, flexion and extension. And so I had to get that stuff removed because I I just couldn't snatch or jerk over, over like do any sort of heavy weight with it or my elbow would just collapse. It was just like, I couldn't get to that lockout. And so it would just like, just drop on me. So I had to, um, I was like, I gotta get this fixed or I'm not going to be able to compete anymore. So, uh, I still am pretty like I did I didn't get haven't gotten to where I wanna be yet. So um but it's not like I can't I can do a lot with it. I just can't snatch heavy or jerk heavy yet. I, everything else, like I can bench, I can do handstand push ups, um, I can do pull
1: ups. So you you like, can you can bench. Why would you wanna do anything else? You're you're good. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bench and squat, might as well call it a day. <laughs> right.
1: So how is your Yeah, it's uh Oh no! So. I was going to say, how has your approach to to training changed? I don't want to say so much with with age because that's kind of a th- that's a question that I think everyone adapts differently. But with with your training age, because you've been doing CrossFit now since two thousand five, you've been competing since twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. So you know you have a lot, almost almost a decade of competition under your belt with with different breaks for for service and things like that. And when I talk to athletes who have been competing for roughly that long, because we do have CrossFitters who've been competing that long and they all have like right. different answers they're like well you know i have to do this differently i have to do this differently but no one's approaching training the same so yeah surgeries and injuries notwithstanding how has your approach to training changed with this volume you've accumulated over the years
0: yeah i think that you just have to obviously always be I'm, i i feel like i'm always learning right i'm always i'm always testing new forms of recovery um, you know, adjusting training volume, adjusting, uh, you know, how I'm training, right. Intensity levels. Um, I don't, I think that if you were still training the same way that you were 10 years ago, right. Like I wouldn't
1: be in the sport anymore. Uh, I can't wait to but, meet the person who, where I asked this question. They're like, same thing, Sa- same thing I used same, to
0: do. Uh, same, same, Yeah, no, no, big. nothing's changed. No, I, you know, I think it's just, you, you, you have to train smarter, right? Like when you get a, when you start to get older and you start to have, wear and tear on the body. You start to realize like, okay, like risk versus reward when it comes to training. Like, is this, is this training going to help me or am I putting myself more at risk of injury or just even just like, yeah, something like a small nagging injury that like will, will keep me from doing something if I do it this way, or could I adjust this either volume weight, uh, whatever. And just, or maybe like, uh, like, okay, my legs are, my hamstrings are a little sore. I'm not going to deadlift today. Where like back in the day, I'd be like, oh, my hamstrings are sore. I, I should probably deadlift even heavier, you know, <laughs> like just not being very smart about it. But, um, so yeah, just trying to train smarter, I guess is, is really the only thing that I've changed. I wouldn't say like I've made like drastic adjustments. I've made more adjustments in recovery, I think than anything else
1: what are some of the recovery techniques uh, or methodologies that you use today that that maybe you wish you had started using in 2011 or even before
0: oh man my my cold tub um, I use my cold tub just about every day I do saunas every night uh, I wish like when I got my I finally got my sauna like gosh I was just like why didn't I buy this five years ago you know <laughs> like what does the matter with you like and I mean and I want I always wanted one because I love the sauna but I just I didn't, I was like, ah, it's not worth the investment. And then now I'm like, you're an idiot. It was totally worth the investment.
1: What are some, um, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say other things I've done, um, like I've done like hyperbaric chambers, uh, you know, trying to get all the oxygen to help recovery. I don't know, you know, I don't know if there's actually much to it or not, but I know that um, I definitely felt better when I used it. So,
1: some of these recovery techniques, like using a sauna, sometimes they just feel good. I mean, the the as more research com, comes behind uh, goes into them, you can kind of quantify how much they might help recovery. But like sometimes you just want to sit in a sauna for fifteen right. minutes at the end of the day. It's nice to like sweat it out, you know. It, it feels amazing. I'll tell you what, though, I
0: do the sauna at like two hundred degrees, That's and so very, it's, it's very hot. It's insane. I, I smoke meat on my Traeger at 225, so I'm thinking in my head like, I'm like I, I cook meat at this temp, yeah, like close to this. Temp. Water, right. water
1: boils at 212. Josh, I'm not sure if anyone ever told you this. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're Like, you're
0: like, uh, this is insane. But um, but there's been some like major research done on it. If you, there's a couple doctors that I follow. Uh, this one doctor, Rhonda Patrick, she's super intelligent. It's all the longevity. Um doctors out there night right like uh basically like life hackers whatever you want to call them but man like some of the research they're doing on the sun is insane and so I've been doing it i'll tell you what i feel great
1: all right well just just make sure like don't take it up 1 degree every <laughs> time until you hit 212 i don't want you to boil i don't want you to boil yourself
0: i i can't if it's 200 in there like it is it's it's not a relaxing time let me tell you that like i'm sitting in there and i'm just like I just want to get out. I just don't to, I don't want to be in here anymore. I'd rather sit in my so my cold tub I, I have I sit at around like 34 36 degrees. I sit in that cold tub sometimes for 4 minutes at a time like neck deep. I would rather sit in the cold tub at 36 degrees for 4 minutes than being in the sauna at 200 degrees for for 20 is what i normally sit in that, So I'm
1: going to I'm going to invent a new variable. It's going to be called the bridges coefficient and it takes the temperatures that you do these things at and it like, it, it brings them somewhere <laughs> close back to the medium. It like knocks 20 degrees <laughs> off or like adds 10 degrees. That's, that's going to be my new formula. So. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, hey, you know, like I, I, I like to, I like to go all the way when I do things, you know?
1: What are looking back at over, well over a decade, I said a decade, but it's 2019. I keep thinking 2015 or it's about to be 2000. (laughs) It's about to be 2020. Jeez. Looking back at a decade and a half, let's call it, of CrossFit, but also in your military training, um, you talked about some of these brutal ruck runs. We've seen you attack and finish first in some brutal workouts at the CrossFit games. Are there any workouts that stick out in your mind as like, this is the hardest workout I've done, particularly on the CrossFit side?
0: in in like in the competitions
1: yeah 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 um
0: man some of the toughest workouts either of those long rows were really brutal uh the half marathon and the marathon row were both pretty brutal
1: was was the marathon Um, twice as brutal as the half marathon or does it get to a point where you're like it can't get much worse so it can't double yeah
0: i i actually think the half marathon was worse because like you just didn't have any time like 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 you didn't like nobody did anything like that back then nobody i think i had sat on a rower prior to that for an hour once but i I guarantee i wasn't rowing anywhere near as hard as i rode during that half marathon so i think the half marathon was worse i think the marathon was really bad um i i didn't i didn't uh take enough electrolytes and i definitely hit some cramping during it so i would love to redo that but it was brutal um that was probably one of the hardest workouts I remember. I remember the the um, twenty thirteen when the the first time they had the the uh, the pig, the green pig, on the field where you had you ran two laps around the stadium, and then you did. You came in, you flipped the pig the length of the football field. You carried the log over to the other stadium, and then you dragged the huge sled like that was.
1: That workout was pretty brutal. I think Jason, uh, Jason Kalipa won that workout or finished toward the top, I, I think.
0: Yeah, it was, it was either Jason or Rich. I can't remember who won it. I want to say it might have been Rich, but you, you could be right. It could be Jason but,
1: too. But, either way. But they're both like – like body weight matters in that workout. Like flipping a pig or flipping – t- I've never flipped the pig, but I flipped a lot of tires. And it's just like yeah. it's a lot harder when I'm at a lighter body weight You because know? you, have, you know- have less mass.
0: Right. Yeah, very true. And it was, it was more so I think tight height on that because the length of that thing was so long that when taller guys got it up just a little bit higher, because when they like deadlifted it up, it was up higher. And it was, it was a little bit easier to pop it up and over where I was like, it was barely off the ground when I stood <laughs> up with it. <laughs> I it like, like a solid, like four inches off the ground. I was like, this isn't anywhere near up, like I, like oh man it was that that thing was brutal so that was one of the tougher workouts that I can remember um, I'm trying to think of any other the, the, the triple threes the um, the the year that we did the triple threes at the games it was so hot and I just remember like running around for three miles I was like I've never felt so hot and overheated on a three mile run before where it was a three k row three hundred double under three mile run. Uh, that was that was nasty
1: that that workout really hobbled a lot of people like rich had to like was basically walking across the finish line yeah a few athletes got injured i know i know at least one athlete i won't i won't name names tore an abdominal muscle on the double unders from that just because wow. of like the i yeah. don't know if the heat the conditions coming off the rower it was a brutal one
0: it was it was a brutal workout i just i remember thinking like this isn't like this is a t- a, a shitty workout it's a really tough workout but it's not like crazy you know But the heat and the way that we were running the lap, it felt like we were constantly running uphill. It's like that old, you know, like that old wise tale, like I used to walk school uphill both ways. Like that's what it felt like. It felt like we were always going uphill on that run.
1: What, if anything, do you think is going to need to change about competitive CrossFit over the next few years? And we've seen massive, we've seen more changes in the past year and a half than in like the five years before that, maybe even the 10 years before that. But what do you think still needs to change about the sport? Or would you like to maybe like to see change about the sport?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, you know, I think it's, at such still, I mean, it, it kind of went back to its infinite state again, like infinite stage again, due to the fact that like the changes have been so drastic, right. Where, like they had it dialed in so well in 17 and 18. And 16, 16 was probably the most dialed in season I believe because it was the last year at Carson. They, they like Carson ran so smoothly; it was insane. I've never been at a games where everything the back in the back, everything in, on the floor, everything ran like insanely smooth. Seventeen was a new year at Madison, so the games were a little rough when it came to like. Um, logistics back behind the scene with athletes i felt like it was it was a little a little crazy we were getting corralled way too early things like that uh 18 they were starting to figure it out a little bit but still tough but now it's like okay now you have all these i, I think they, they they need to really the only thing that i see needing to change maybe is the how they cut how they make the cuts if they're going to do the cuts um other than that you know like i, I don't I think that there might be have to put some regulations on these sanctionals, like how, how it's handled due to the fact that like, they basically like the sanctional events get complete control, which is great for those events. Um, but what you could see is like people getting workouts in advance or, you know, having workouts like, like, I I, I don't even, like, is it illegal to like hold a sanctional event and be in it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. So I don't know. I don't know if that rule book is out there or not, but, um, you know, like little things. Not, I don't think anything crazy, anything major. But I th- and I think they could dial in those cuts. Uh, and it, it could help
1: help how it looks. One one last question I'll ask on kind of the competition, the CrossFit competition front. Is there anything, could be a movement, could be some test of of fitness or capacity that you haven't seen at the games that you would like to see? An example that I hear from people or I've heard from people numerous times is like a shooting event. Or, or mm. an archery event or something like that, then it's you know, people bring up like, well, is that testing fitness? I don't know. People, I've, I've heard people get in arguments about that. What Damn, if it, you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. what yeah. if anything do you think could be contested at the games that we haven't seen yet that would be a good test of fitness and capacity?
0: Hmm. I mean, the shooting, I think, I think the shooting event at the rogue event was awesome. Um, I thought it was really cool. I thought, and, and, and I, I, anybody who wants to dispute that it's not testing fitness, like it's, it's an Olympic sport, not saying that that defines what sport is because it's in the Olympics, because there's other, other things that are a little ridiculous, but like testing accuracy at a high heart rate and how fast you can recover, I think is a, is a phenomenal test for, for uh, any fitness test. And so shooting definitely does that. It's a, it's, you know, you're controlling your breathing, you're controlling your trigger finger and, and, you know, you're, you're looking at something and, and making it, and taking a shot. So I, I think that it is testing fitness and I think it's a great test. Um, so yeah, and seeing that in the games will be really cool. Um, I always wanted to see a ruck run and they finally did it last year. And so that was really cool, uh, that Dave did that because that was something that Dave did. Right. So I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. Like, it it uh,
1: probably wasn't as miserable as some of those you went on with him back in 2007. I bet that was pretty
0: miserable though. That looked bad, especially the adding the weight, aspect of it was like crazy. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. They did did a good job of it. They came up with a great plan as usual. So, um, trying to think of anything else. Like a marathon run, you know, like (laughs) testing, like testing, like they haven't really, what's the longest run they ever did. I think in 12 and the, the the one in Pendleton, that Hill run was like 10 K. Is that the longest? I bet that's the longest run at the games.
1: I don't know. If, I don't know off the top of my off the top of my head, actually. Yeah. I mean the ruck one was pretty long. It was probably it was it was up there. It's I long. Think it
0: was, I think it was I think it was I think it was five K. So I think it's three miles. Uh I think testing something crazy long, you know, like you don't really like what have we seen that's super long other than the marathon row? You know, like do we have any other four hour events ever? i don't i I don't think i don't think so i mean that 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 try at pendleton was like i think like two and a half three hours
1: yeah
0: that's really about it so you don't you don't you haven't really seen anything crazy long other than the row um so i you know like a, a like a super like a hundred mile bike like that'd be crazy like that would be cool to see
1: um well Josh it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and I'm I'm looking forward to uh what's to come for you even though it seems like your competition schedules depend on some some other factors but what's the best way for folks to keep up to date with your training and competitions moving forward and and the other stuff you're doing including uh good dudes coffee some of the entrepreneurial stuff you're doing in the fitness space as well
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Instagram is always a super easy way at Bridges J three. The YouTube channel, just type in Josh Bridges and uh, we have a YouTube channel that we're, we typically drop two videos a week uh, doing, showing like training and mindset and things like that. Um, I would say those are probably the two best, but then yeah, good dudes and then good dudes, coffee.com. If you want to get
1: some good coffee. (laughs) Awesome. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for your time.